All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high-quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of the Sober Mom Life Podcast. These are the real sober mom chats. It's kind of like the Real Housewives but without the booze, which means it's less dramatic and it's more fun because let's be honest, those ladies are not having fun. But these ladies are, and I am so excited. I brought these chats back because you guys loved them. You love these relatable stories. They're stories of moms just like you who are either newly sober or just still working things out and sober curious, or sometimes they have some years under their belt and they come and tell us all that they've learned and share their experience. 
You love these chats. I do too. If you want to share your story, I would love to hear from you. You do that over at the Sober Mom Life Cafe. That, in case you missed the announcement, is replacing our Patreon. It's much easier to understand. So it's just the Sober Mom Life Cafe. It will be linked in the show notes. You can get there through mykindofsweet.com. And it's $10 a month. You get bonus podcast episodes. You get weekly Zoom meetings. You get our monthly book club. You get access to our exclusive Discord chat with moms just like you. And you get to sign up to share your story on the podcast. So come on over there. It's linked in the show notes. It's the Sober Mom Life Cafe. And um, it's the only cafe without coffee. So bring your own coffee, but come for the connection and the community. And we would love to have you. Okay, guys, enjoy the episode. So Michelle, thank you for joining me. Yes, thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be on here with you, really. Thank you. So I'm excited to hear where you're at with sobriety and how you're doing with that right now. But first, we have to go back. Let's talk about alcohol. What's your relationship with it? All right. Um, Well, I guess I'll start with where I had my first drink. Yeah. (laughs) I remember I had my first drink. It was the summer between junior and senior year. It was at this house party and it was Jaeger and it was disgusting. Oh, yes. But I, for some reason, thought, I mean, I had one sip of it and everybody, I just, I thought I was cool. I thought I fit in. I mean, we passed around like a half gallon of Jaeger and Monster, not even oh Red Bull. Oh my God, Monster. yes. Yeah. Like to this day, I cannot smell Monster. <laughs> I will get immediate nausea. Monster went through a big phase too. What year was this? 2007. Okay, totally. Because that was, yeah, Monster was like it then, right? Oh my God, that's hilarious. Which, I mean, looking back, if we all wanted to drink Jaeger bombs, we should have just got a cup (laughs) and mixed Jaeger and mixed the Monster in there and had our own cups. But no, we passed around a half. I mean, you can't explain what you did at 16. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, something just like I just felt like that fact that I was drinking that made me so cool and Mm. I just fit in with all those people, which is something I really missed like growing up I never felt like I fit in with anybody like I was an only child parents divorced I couldn't nobody else oh yeah it just kind of made me feel cool so I just kind of hung with that crowd like all summer and uh then I started my senior year of high school and I pretty much drank like every weekend the senior year like as much as as much as I as much as I could but um, yeah, I thought it made me cool. We'd come back to school on Monday. I'd be like, did you black out this weekend? Like I did too. Like comparing, thinking that was cool. Now, like that is so scary <laughs> and dangerous. Like for a 17 year old, like yeah. that's so scary, but we would just. Totally. And when everyone's doing it, when that's the culture, right? Everyone around you is doing it. Like your friends are, that. it doesn't, it doesn't seem weird or it doesn't seem bad. Yeah, it just felt like I was finally a part of something. Yes. I was doing something that other people were doing and encouraging and making it seem cool. But, yeah. you know, that's what you think at 17. But yeah, I mean, I was getting in trouble from it. I was blacking out more. I was arguing with my mom a lot from it. Um, it was just her and I. She's a single mom and she'd always want me home by a certain time, not out with certain friends. And I didn't listen to any of that. Yeah. I was on probation for a little while there from drinking. Uh, I mean, it didn't really stop me. I mean, when you get put on probation, you just meet other people that got in trouble for drinking. And really, to me, that meant I met other people who like to have a good time. 
Yeah. So you just met like other people to do that with. I mean, looking back, I could have done so much better, like academically in high school or college, had I not been drinking so much. Oh, man. I know when I think about too my college days, it's like, yeah, the academics were not the focus. The focus no. was partying. Like that was yeah. the goal. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's a miracle. I graduated high school because my whole senior year of high school um, was basically a blackout. But yeah, and then uh, I met my husband when I was 19, so a year out of high school, and he drank too, so he quickly became like my drinking buddy. I mean, we drank all the time together. It was just like either with his friends or his family. Um, you know, I always took it too far more than him. Like I, he would like be holding my hair. Yeah. But you know, it didn't didn't stop me. Uh, like his 21st birthday, I was 20, and it was my first time day drinking. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, I was passed out by like 1 p.m. Missed like mo missed the cake, missed the whole like party part of it. I just thought it was cool. Like, oh, my gosh, I can open a beer at 8 a.m. Like, this is cool. But um, what was the conversation with him? Like, was there ever a conversation from him or like concern from him? Or was it pretty much just like, yeah, this is what happens? Um, not at that time. Like it was just like, oh, you got a little too crazy on my birthday. You're passed out by noon. Uh, just kind of like in a making fun of joking kind of way. It was never like a serious way. It was just, I was like, yeah. Well, cause also you're 20, right? You're 20 at that point. That's so young. Yeah, I was 20 and he turned 21. So I was just kind of like, well, this is perfect now. My boyfriend's 21. So he can yeah. always buy for us. Yeah. But, um, yeah, honestly, I feel like most of the time between 16 and 21, that's when I did, like, the most of my drinking. That was, like, when I was figuring it out and, you know, my mom didn't want me to, so that would make me want to do it even more. Yeah. Like, by the time I turned 21, I'm like, oh, I've already kind of done this. I mean, it's sad. Like, looking back, I feel like those years are, like, pivotal developmental years, and I just, yeah. you know, wasted them, like, literally. But, you know, you live and you learn, but... Well, you're not alone. I think it's a common story. Like if you're going to start drinking from most people I talk to, it is like it is in high school or college when it seems like everyone around us is drinking. Like we're going to join in. Yeah, that's true. In my 20s, I drink pretty much throughout my whole 20s. Um, we I got married at 24. It kind of turned a little bit less. They would just be more like a once a week type of activity. Mm -hmm. We would work throughout the week, Monday through Friday. Saturday night would be the big drink night. Sunday would be the hangover day. Monday, resume everything yeah. like normal. Yeah. And I would never try to moderate or I would never try to stop how much I was drinking that Saturday. I just thought, well, there's no way I'm an alcoholic because they drink every day. I drink one day a week. I don't wake up Sunday morning grabbing a drink. I wake up. I recover. I go to work. Next Saturday comes, ready to blackout again. <laughs> I mean, it was never an intention to blackout, but it just would happen more times than not. And this idea that it's like, well, I'm not. Yeah, no, this isn't like a struggle. Like you're not drinking during the week. Like it's so easy to, to justify why I'm not that. And so there's nothing to see here, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's why I never stopped. I never thought to stop. Yeah. I just thought, okay, well, maybe... I just don't handle it as well as everybody else. Maybe I need to try liquor instead of beer. Maybe I need to try wine. Maybe this wine's too sweet. Maybe this liquor's too strong. You know, all the things yes. that you think of, you try all the things. But 
um, turns out there's alcohol in it all. So Yeah, you think that you're just not drinking it right. You're like, well, maybe if I could just like crack this code, right? Like if I could just drink the right way, then it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't affect me. Yeah. Or there'd be times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the store and I'm just going to get a six pack and I'm only going to have six beers, which is still mm-hmm. kind of a lot. But I would say I would drink six and that would be it. And then that would be it. So I would drink the six and I'd be done. And I'd be asking my husband, like, well, what do you have left over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't, or we used to live in a subdivision where there was a liquor store a block away. We could just walk. So I'm like, yeah. well, I'm not drinking and driving. So what's the problem? But I thought, again, thought it was okay because it was, you know, one day a week. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're taught though. That's, I, this is, this is the common thing. We're, we're taught that unless it's like, it's this idea that we have in our head of like paper bag on the street, lost it all. That's the only time that we look at our relationship with alcohol because yeah. we're taught that looking at our relationship with alcohol means that we have to declare ourselves powerless and go to AA and like all of these things when it's like when you step out of that crazy cycle, like, well, of course we have to look at our relationship with this thing that is affecting us and that's like very addictive and that our tolerance is building up. Like, of course we have to look at it, but it. so many of us are stuck in that because we're not taught to look at it. Yeah. And I forgot to mention when I said I was like 18 and getting in trouble all the time, I was court ordered to go to AA. Oh, which always works. Yeah. You know, an 18 year old girl alone in a room with, it was mostly men. There were some women, but it was men that were like old enough to be my dad. Yeah. And first of all, there's nothing anonymous about AA because the first thing they make you do is say your name. So I'm like, what's anonymous about my name? But anyway, I would just remember going to those meetings just to get my paper signed. I would never share. I would never make any declarations. Like, and I just remember thinking, thank God I'm not as bad as these people. I'm 18. I just like to have fun with my friends. I'm not losing jobs. I'm not ruining relationships. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm not a 55 year old man. Like, I'm 18. Like, yeah, that, that was doomed to fail. Yeah, I don't know if court ordered AA was the best way, right. but um, exactly. You know, I'm glad I got to experience it and at least see that it wasn't my place. But um, but I'm hopeful, glad it works for them. Then I got um, I got pregnant with my daughter when I was 27. Okay, and um, I, you know I was forced to stop drinking for that, and you know I was happy to because I was I love her so much and I was so excited to have her, but I just would see my husband do the same things we did every weekend. And I just felt like, man, like I can't do that. And it was just like, so I was so bummed, but you know, I was at the same back of my mind. I'm like, okay, but no, I'm doing this for good reason. I'm not pregnant forever. And I would just try to, you know, remind myself of that. This is why I think pregnancy is so different. Like people are like, well, I could stop drinking when I'm pregnant. I'm like, yeah, but it's totally different. Cause generally you're looking yeah. like when you're pregnant, you're looking at it through a lens of deprivation and you're like, I can't do that now. But as soon as this baby is out, like you're counting down yeah. to drinking, like you're looking at it through a lens of missing alcohol, right? Instead yeah. of trying to figure out like why you were drinking alcohol in the first place, it's like this abrupt stop. And then you're going to count down until when you can do it. And so pregnancy is just a total different beast. It was. Yeah. And it was like an abrupt, like, oh, okay, that's over now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, 
having cravings or anything during pregnancy. It was just more kind of like a, a FOMO, like a jealousy. Like I would see him, you know, be Saturday night, he'd just be drinking all the beer. And I'm like, right. I guess I'm going to go to bed because <laughs> this is not fun for me. Right. And then if that's what we have in our head as sobriety is because we do, because that's probably yeah. the only time that we're sober is when we're pregnant, which also we feel like shit. We're growing a human like we're not working on our mental health because you can't like you're growing a baby. And yeah. so, yeah. And then if that's what we have in our mind as sobriety, we're like, well, yeah, that sucked. You know, that's yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> He did. My husband did have a beer for me. <laughs> he brought it to the hospital and I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm not going to drink that in here. <laughs> Just bring it home and, you know, I'll drink it when I get home. But I remember that was, he bought like a- That's hilarious. Those, yeah. By us too, they do that. They have champagne in the hospital rooms. And I remember being like, oh, that's so nice. I'm like, holy shit, that's so fucked up. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Makes, but I was just too, I was too freaked out. Like I'm responsible for a human life right yeah. now. Yeah. I can't like really think about anything. I can't have anything to alter my mind because like I'm totally. responsible for a human life and that's terrifying. So yeah, I didn't dive back into drinking right away. I think I was just so freaked out. I feel like I had a lot of postpartum anxiety and I was yeah. so just like, I have to do what's right for her. I tried to breastfeed for a little bit. It didn't really work for me. It wasn't until she turned maybe four, six months and established like a sleep routine. Yeah. I was like, all right, maybe I can hang again. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe we can do it. You know, we just Monday through Friday work. Saturday night, we would put her to bed, bring the baby monitor. We'd go sit out in the garage, be garage night, and mm-hmm. we would drink. And then Sunday, recover. Monday, go back to work, which is so scary looking back because I mean, if something, were to happen to her in the middle of the night and you know we were drunk what I mean what are we gonna do yeah I know all of those what ifs right I could go down that path really quickly too because that's that's scary and thank god it didn't you know yeah and that pattern continued for a while for you know I think until she was like two it was just the same pattern where I was just drink heavily one day a week or you know go a little too hard on special occasions Christmas and birthdays and all that stuff but yeah, and that's why I never thought to stop because, you know, this I'm a special occasion weekend drinker. I have a job. I have a marriage. I have other relationships. You know, I just I like to drink on Saturdays. And it wasn't until COVID, of course, but I lost my job and my daughter was two. My husband's work shut down for two straight months. And it was like suddenly every night became garage night. Yes. And, you know, there was no working Monday through Friday, hang out on Saturdays anymore because he works night shift. He's always worked night shift. So we'd never see each okay. other throughout the week. Saturday night would be our night to hang out and it would always involve alcohol. So now that we could hang out every night and my daughter was two, like in that perfect sleeping 12 hours a night schedule, age two, that sweet spot, every night kind of just became garage night. You know, I mean, we'd go grocery shopping for the week and alcohol shopping for the week. And in two days, all the drinks were gone. (laughs) Like what happened? Yeah. I would take my dog for walks every day during quarantine. And there'd be some times during the walks, I was so hungover that the ground was spinning and I would just have to cut it short and go back home. Mm. And I was 29. And that was the first time I really thought, well, maybe I shouldn't be drinking like this. Like, mm. wish I could be one of those people that could just have two and just call tonight, but that never did it for me. 
but yeah, so during that time was when I had my first real like, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. So when you said, when you thought that to yourself, did you tell anybody that? No. Okay. This is my theory (laughs) that those, the people that, you know, you're like, I wish I could just be one of those people who have two and then just call it a night. We -hmm. don't know their stories either because no one, no one questions out loud because it's too scary. And so what if everyone's just questioning and we're all thinking that we're all normal drinkers, but we're all really just questioning and too scared to say anything. And we're all struggling. I mean, I mentioned it to my husband, but not in like a sit down serious. I need to stop. It was more like we'd both drink heavily at night. We'd wake up in the morning. He'd be fine for whatever reason that he's a unicorn. It can be fine. I cannot. I'm like, maybe I should stop a little. He's like, okay. It was just like a casual casual thing. But yeah. And also in the middle of COVID, we moved from Michigan to Alabama and I agreed to it when I was drunk. (laughs) Oh no. But uh, I mean, he's always wanted to move South and I just never agreed. I was like, I don't want to leave my job and everything's here. And you know, I lost my job and I was like, okay, well let's do it. Our daughter was only two. So she wasn't involved in anything at the time. So I didn't have to pull her out of anything. So yeah, in summer of 2020, we moved down to Alabama, and it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. Wow, and yeah. A week, week later, I turned 30 and uh, blacked out on my birthday. And I remember waking up so disappointed in myself, so mad, thinking, like, you're in a new state now. You are in a new decade of life. Like, let's not bring those stupid drinking habits into this. And mm. I just kind of decided that I wasn't going to quit. I was just going to moderate, you know, how Mm -hmm. that goes, just going to not moderate on a level to where you're like, I'm only going to have two or three tonight, moderate on like a, instead of drinking every weekend, I'll drink once a month, I'll drink uh, birthdays and holidays. So I would moderate the times I was drinking, not the amount. I don't really know if that's better, but you know, I I think it's also, (laughs) yeah, it's a necessary step though, right? Because it does seem, I think it's rare to go from drinking a lot and then feeling uncomfortable about your drinking to then like none. Like I, I think there has to be in most circumstances that that moderation piece, like you got to try it. You're like, okay, well, let's try some guardrails around this, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to live through that to see like, oh yeah, this, this kind of sucks. And yeah. and it works sometimes. And then when it doesn't work, I feel like shit about myself. Yeah. And like hangover Sundays were progressively getting worse and worse. Yeah. And especially, you know, I have a two-year-old and parenting while hungover is my Oof. own version of hell that I do not wish on anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that kind of made it easier for me to stop because I would think like, okay, well, have to watch her tomorrow. So there's no way, you know, that I'm going to let myself feel that way because it's just, it's the worst. So I decided that I was like, I'm only going to drink on special occasion and only occasionally. Like I think we moved that summer. I drank maybe a handful of times in the fall. I drank probably at Christmas. And then I said, I'll do dry January. I'll do that. And I'll only drink on holidays and, and things like that. So I did that. And then the next holiday that came up was Valentine's Day. And that's the anniversary of my husband and I's first date. So we usually go out and celebrate. And I decided I was going to drink that night. I hadn't drank in maybe like six weeks. So I was like, all right, you know, I took a six week break. I can handle it. We went out and drank and I blacked out. And I woke up in the mornings in just a shame spiral. So upset. Like, 
you know, I did what I said I was going to do. I was going to moderate, only drink on holidays. This was a holiday, but I didn't want to drink like that. You know, I thought I only had a couple beers, but I probably had way more than that. And I just, I was so upset with myself from then on. I was sober for four months after that. Okay. I was like, I'm going to take a break, be sober for four months. Well, I just, at the time I just decided I'm just going to not drink right now. After four months, I had went back home to Michigan to visit family and I drank there. But honestly, it wasn't that bad. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. nothing really crazy happened. I didn't have any terrible hangovers. Like it was, I was able to keep it in control. And I thought, okay, maybe I can handle it again. I'll just continue my occasional, occasional thing. And I would, I would drink maybe once every few months, once every two to three months, birthdays, holidays, things like that. Until October of last year, I had a long week, like between work, I do some freelance stuff on the weekends. I do like makeup, tanning and lashes and stuff. So I had a lot of clients, my daughter busy with school, a lot of things she had going on. And I said, okay, well, I had a long week. I deserve some wine tonight. (laughs) And, you know, we tell ourselves we deserve it. Right. And so I, my husband was at work. It was a Saturday night. I just opened a bottle of wine. I put on, it was Halloween. I put on a Halloween movie. I'm like, hey, we're having movie night. I put on a movie, got her her milk and I got my wine. I'm like, I'll just have like two glasses and I'll save the rest for tomorrow and whatever. The bottle was gone and I didn't remember anything. And I woke up at, you know, the 3 a.m. wake up and my husband had come home in the middle of the night and, you know, carried her to bed. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did it again. And I've just, so I haven't drank since then. That was six months ago. I was so upset with myself because I was home alone with her. And I just can't believe that, you know, that I would just drink to pass out in front of her. Thankfully, my husband didn't judge me for that moment. And she has no idea. She just thought, we had yeah. movie night and we fell asleep during, while watching the movie, which is what happened. But yeah. she doesn't know that I fell asleep because I was drunk. But yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> Good for you. It does feel like everything was leading up to you saying like, okay, yeah. Like I tried it. I tried setting the rules and I tried, mm-hmm. right? I gave alcohol a lot of chances. Right. And then you finally realize, like, yeah, oh, right. Alcohol is just not going to change. It's going to keep doing its thing. It's going to keep being addictive. It's going to be this poison that changes my brain the second it hits it. And so I'm so proud of you. You're like, wait, yeah, I, I think that I can give myself a chance now. Yeah. Thank you. I just really, it's not going to get any easier. Like, whenever I sit out and say, I'm only going to have two of this, like, I, right. I don't. I have the whole thing. And it's just, it's not going to get any easier. Parenting with a hangover is impossible. I don't, the worst. she doesn't deserve that. I don't deserve that. I'm like too busy. Like there's no time for it. There's no time for it. There's no need for it. I kind of just look at it as like been there, done that. I drank from age 16 to 32. I don't need to do it. any. like, (laughs) like I know what happens and I'm good. You've outgrown it. Yeah, that's how I'm trying to look at it. Like it was a thing I did in like my teens to like defy my mom and like fit in and be cool. But I, I don't yeah. care about any of those things anymore. Like it really. And now don't, you're so. just at such a great spot of you get to figure out like what you really like doing and like what you're what you're passionate about when there's not alcohol. Like it's now it's all the adventure of sobriety that we don't. That's why pregnancy is different because we don't have to figure all that stuff out in pregnancy and pregnancy, you know, that's just totally different. And so now, yeah, what do you love about sobriety so far? 
Um, I love like the connection. Like I love the space that you've created. Um, I also found um, it's called Sober Girls Guide, where you can go yes. on there and they have like meetings that they do and like worksheets and things like that. So that has been so helpful. So I love Jessica. She's she's going to be on the podcast. She's so good. Yeah. 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 And that was one thing I never did before. Like when I tried to stop drinking before when I did four months, I didn't do like any work to help the sobriety. I was just like, well, I'm not drinking period. Like that's it. Right. Like, no, you have to like do something though. <laughs> you can't yeah. just say that. And I mean, maybe some people can, but I can't like, because I realized that I like drinking because I felt like I fit in and I was cool. Well, I can yeah. fit in other spaces. So, yes. And you are cool. Oh, thanks. You're sweet. <laughs> You're very cool. Yeah. But I love the space you created and uh, it's been so great. Like, I relate to you in so many ways. I love everything that you've um, put out there. So, Aww. and I feel like we have a lot in common. I feel is your daughter named Harper? Yes. Is yours? There's mine. Yeah. Oh, I love a Harper. Yes. yes. Little Harper Jane. Yeah. Oh, and mine's Harper Lane. Oh, that's cute. I know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, I I love your story. You know I love the stories that aren't rock bottom. And, like, you weren't forced to quit. And you just kind of, like, found your way. You had to go through that moderation piece. And, and like, that's not a weakness in you that you can't handle alcohol. Like, that's what alcohol is designed to do, right? Yeah, and I always thought it was because I would see other people be able to handle it or be able to just, like, fight through the hangovers way more than me where I was like, you guys, I cannot – I cannot plan anything for Sundays because right. I'm just I'm just not a person. Like I can't commit. Maybe not even Monday sometimes too. <laughs> oh my god, totally. And as you get older, let me tell you, uh, it just gets worse. But like, yeah, and everybody's, you know, whatever they can handle like if they can handle a level of feeling like shit. Like that everybody's is different and like good for you for just saying like, yeah, no. I'm that's enough. It's enough. Yeah. And it's the thing is you don't have to feel that way. Right. Like you don't, like I always just thought it's like, well, that's part of it. You want to have fun on Saturday and party. Like that's part of it. You got to deal with Sunday. It's like, you don't have, you don't have to feel that way. Like I've thought of all the times in my life where I, like, when has been the worst I've ever felt? It's all alcohol related. So I'm like, this is all, I don't have to do any of that. And we think it's fun. Oh my God. Michelle, thank you. I could talk to you for forever because I think your story is so relatable and, and it's probably the most relatable one. I mean, it's probably the one that I hear the most is like, mm-hmm. but I'm only, you know, I'm only a weekend drinker. And then that's the way that we can kind of rationalize to keep going. And it's like, I know, but like, like, aren't weekends supposed to be like the best time? Yeah, they're supposed to be like relaxing. Like this weekend, I have zero plans and I'm so excited. I'm like, yes. I'm just going to read, clean my house and just like hang out with Harper. I'm like, uh, like we're not going to, you know, perfect. I have no yes. plans. And that's what's going to feel relaxing. And like, it would not feel that way if I was recovering all Sunday. Totally. Well, thank you. You're, this story is going to help so many, so many women who are right where you were and who are just in that, you know, in that deep down spot being like, yeah, I don't think I like this anymore. I don't mm-hmm. think this is for me. Yeah. Um, it's just not a good time anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing this.
Yes, thank you so much. I just wanted to say one more thing before we leave. Yeah, please. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to say I relate to everything you say all the time. However, there's one thing that you've said that I just can't get on board with. What? Tell me. You're a Packers fan. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) I am from Michigan. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you love the Lions. Oh, yeah. I love them. So that's hilarious. That's the only thing I listen to your podcast. Yes. Yes. I agree. Everything. Oh, my God. She said a Harper. That's good. Packers. (laughs) Oh, my God. Call it off. Call it all off. I'm like, wait a minute. Unsubscribe. No. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, we'll see this year. I don't know. Now we don't have Aaron. So we'll see. I know. I was so shocked. It's like, oh I my know. gosh. But that was funny. When I heard you mention that on a podcast one time, I was like, no. <laughs> You're like, I thought I liked her. Everything was going so good. But no. Just well, kidding, at least but. you're not from Minnesota. Can we we could just both agree on hating Minis- on hating the Vikings? Yeah, we're not cool with the Vikings. <laughs> okay. So okay, good. That's cool. <laughs> Oh my God, Michelle, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.